Hi, I'm Gavin Gibbononi, Professor of Neurology at Bart's and the London School of Medicine and Dentistry, and I'm doing this podcast today really uh, as a groan. <clears throat> I was meant to be speaking at the MS at the Limits meeting next Monday at the Royal College of Physicians. The meeting's still going ahead, but the symposium I was talking at has been cancelled because the, uh, of the Queen's funeral and the fact that uh, Monday the 19th of September is now a, a bank holiday. Um, I was going to be discussing um, what I call the perfect storm uh, and the reasons why we in the MS profession um, have to change the way we think about the long-term management of this disease. Mm. I mean, our current system is broken and I'm going to discuss the background to this and what I think is necessary to, to happen. And I would appreciate some feedback from you. So you probably heard from your own healthcare professionals what pressure we are under as a community. And the reason for this is that there are certain drivers, uh, which, why, which is why uh, uh, I call it the perfect storm. They're all coming together at once. First of all, the epidemiology of MS is changing. We're seeing an increasing number of new cases. So if we look at various studies, particularly in Scotland, over the last five to seven years, the incidence of MS has gone up by about 30%. So we're seeing more new patients. The other thing is we're getting better at treating MS. So people with multiple sclerosis are less disabled and living much longer, and therefore the, our caseload is going up. And the other thing is um, about 20 years ago, the NHS put in a diktat saying that people with chronic conditions should remain under the care of specialist teams. So once you're diagnosed with MS and you're part of the MS service, you don't discharge, you're with us for life. So we look after you for life. And that means we are seeing an increasing number of patients every single year. And we're talking about hundreds of new patients per year. <clears throat> and so that is the real backdrop to this. And we're not getting an increasing number of staff. You know, the NHS are wanting us to do the same amount of work and more work with less staff. In other words, they want us to drive up efficiencies. At the same time, there are the so-called quality standards that have emerged, NICE, our National Institute of Clinical Excellence. Uh, there's also international quality standards and the other NHS quality improvement initiatives. One's called GERFT, Get It Right First Time. The other one's Right Care. They're all putting in place what people with MS should expect in terms of how quickly they should be diagnosed, how quickly they should be on treatment, how often they should be monitored, what the monitoring should require, and all the fluffy stuff that goes around that. So um, I think that's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. You know, quality standards are both an incentive to improve your service and also a stick if you're not doing it uh, to get uh, more staff or, or put in place new services. So I, I'm a, a big proponent. I'm part of a, a team that actually designed the quality standards as part of our MS Brain Health Time Matters campaign. However, quality standards should not be implemented without, you know, increasing uh, the number of staff, for example, or providing us with the infrastructure to implement them. At the same time, the NHS is undergoing a massive reconfiguration. We are um, part of this sustainability and transformation plan. We have to put in place integrated care systems. We have to adopt a whole lot of new technology, and we have to work in a network. And uh, you know, we we are a uh, a large London tertiary neuroscience centre. And we're now expected to uh, form a network with uh, other hospitals and other centres 
uh, in uh, North and East London and you're going out into Essex. So that requires a different way of thinking, a different way of practicing. Um, we want to try and get away from the so-called hub and spoke model and try and get into a network model where if you have MS and go into your local district general hospital, let's say in uh, um, uh, East Essex, you should get the same service as you would get if you came into a specialist. In the past, there used to be major differences. So people going into the so-called spoke uh, centres would take you know six to nine months longer to get onto a treatment, for example, if they went directly into the hub, into the, into the centre or um, uh, centre. <clears throat> the other thing is happening, NHS England has put in place a database called Bluetech um, to try and track high-cost drugs. And as part of Bluetech, uh, there are other requirements from us. We now need to do annual monitoring and put it into the database. We have to have multidisciplinary team meetings where every case gets presented and discussed and so not one individual consultant is making a decision. It's a shared decision-making. All this requires infrastructure. It requires admin support time. And so not only um, are we seeing more patients with fewer staff, but we're having to do more in terms of administrative burden. We've also just come out of COVID-19 pandemic, and that in induced a whole lot of changes to our practice, including remote consultations, and they haven't gone away. So my clinics now are um, still about 50% of them are remote, uh, and the other 50% face-to-face. And that's creating logistical issues because the administrative burden of having uh, both remote and face-to-face -face in the same clinic is causing lots of uh, issues. Uh, I personally don't want to see new patients remotely. I want them face-to-face. -face. And a lot of my uh, new patient uh, consultations, people are getting letters saying it's a virtual consultation because the administrative systems aren't uh, working as well as they should work. Um, I already discussed the long-term conditions and service models. Um, we're having to develop new ones. Um, which I shouldn't bore you with, but this is around not only, for example, the diagnostic pathway or the DMT pathway. We're having to think about uh, service models around the complications of MS, for example, bowel, bladder, you know, uh, falls, fractures, uh, cognition, etc. So we're having to put in place um, quite a few uh, pathways to manage other problems associated with multiple sclerosis. And the reason for doing this really is to uh, improve the care we give people with multiple sclerosis, but also to try and standardise it and stop variants occurring across our network. Um, as you know, the NHS is always under cost pressures, and you know within our own institution we have uh, so-called cost improvement programmes or SIPs. Um, this is to try and reduce the expenditure on an annual basis. And as always, we as a neuroscience centre will have our uh, cost improvement targets to meet for the year. At the same time, this is happening within specialist medicine. Uh, our GPs, general practice, are overworked. Um, they are, I mean, there's such a shortage of general practitioners. And if you look at the figures, if you believe them, in England, there's about 110,000 plus positions uh, unfilled in the NHS. And a lot of them are general practitioners. And so what's happening is I'm finding in my MS clinics now, when I see people for follow-up, I'm increasingly having to deal with, you know, general health and lifestyle issues, you know, bone health, comorbidities, bias around obesity, smoking cessation, managing their hypertension and all those things. I'm spending a lot of time just discussing HRT because general practitioners don't want to do it. And so we are taking on more of the so-called uh, lifestyle general health 
issues uh, in, in, in MS practice, which I don't know if that's correct. Um, we also got manpower issues. Um, I mean, that's just a system-wide problem. Brexit has uh, caused major issues. The NHS used to be propped up by um, healthcare workers from the continent. And we've seen a lot of them have gone home. There's definitely a reduction in people from Europe coming to the to, to the UK. And it's particularly problematic in London in social services. You know, our carer population, uh, a large number of them used to be from Europe. <clears throat> so we're having uh, problems recruiting uh, and a lot of unfilled positions. There's also been a reduction in income, which makes it more difficult to recruit staff. So if you follow the NHS um, salary um, negotiations in real terms i think there's been about a 15 to 25 percent reduction in earning capacity of nhs workers which is a problem not only at a doctor level this is occurring at a nursing allied profession even administrative level the other backdrop is that the treatment landscape has become more complex so we have about 15 plus disease modifying therapies the treatment decisions around which ones to use is also becoming more complicated. We're seeing a change in our strategy. We're beginning to flip the pyramid, so more people with MS now are going on to high-efficacy therapies first line. They require much more pharmacovigilance. Uh, we have to put in place you know, uh, complex vaccine programs before starting. Monitoring is also more complex. Um, and so this is actually changing uh, our practice. The other thing is just snuck under the radar um, is we now have treatments for both primary and secondary progressive MS. So in the past, our focus used to be in terms of our DMT practice on relapsing disease. And now we have to start screening and monitoring patients with primary progressive disease and secondary progressive disease because we've got two licensed treatments, ocrelizumab for primary progressive and, and um, saponamid now for secondary progressive disease. So our population of patients on DMTs is increasing. Then there's also this cost of living crisis, which is happening, which is not only increasing energy bills, that's all, um, um, but it's also causing a major uh, problem in terms of social isolation. People are getting more anxious, depressed, etc., in the community. And we, as an MA service, have to start dealing with that. And we're beginning to see it filter through uh, into clinical, uh, you know, into clinical consultations. Um, there's been this. Um, Uplifting salaries for the NHS staff, it's not in line with inflation, but it's higher than what's budgeted for by the NHS. And so what will happen with those uh, unfunded salary increases that have just been agreed with the NHS and the government is that the funding of that will have to come from existing budgets. So if you pay more in salaries, there's less money for services. So what's going to, what's got to, what's, something's got to give at some point. So these are all the issues um, that are occurring in the NHS. So I'm not going to get depressed about this. Um, you know, we can be pa paralyzed by the task at hand, um, um, but I think we need to look at the crisis and say this is an opportunity to change the way we manage MS. And I think the real uh, solution, you know, something that could transform MS management is for people with MS to become much more engaged in their own management. I call it self-management. Uh, this is a simple example. Why shouldn't people with multiple sclerosis be allowed to self-refer for phlebotomy and to give them access to their own results and for them to act on their own results if they find that they're out of the range? Yes, we'd have to obviously put in systems for this to happen, but I can't see why uh, people with multiple sclerosis can't 
who take take responsibility over their own pharmacovigilance, you know, monitoring for adverse events from their own medication. You know, and this is one of the reasons why I launched the MS Selfie platform was to educate and empower people with multiple sclerosis to become more engaged with the management of their disease, give them the information and the skills to ask the right questions and to manage their own disease. And this could be monitoring for urine tract infections, getting early access to antibiotics if they do have it. You know, how do you do your own false prevention program? How do you do your own rehabilitation? How do you interpret your own symptoms, et cetera, et cetera. So this is kind of what the MS Selfie platform is all about. And the Selfie refers to self-management. It's an abbreviation for self-management. Now, a good example of this in the NHS is if you have type 1 diabetes, and I have personal friends who've got type 1 diabetes. Um, I have patients with multiple sclerosis, but they have type 1 diabetes. And the NHS has given people with type 1 diabetes the power and the resources to self-manage their disease. And one patient of mine that hasn't seen an endocrinologist or his general practitioner about his disease for five plus years, he uses a uh, continuous blood, uh, glucose monitoring system. He's got a closed loop uh, um, uh, insulin pump. He, manage, he monitors his, his own uh, HbA1c levels, which is a marker of control via the phlebotomy service his GP provides. He goes for his own annual um, uh, photographs of his retina, which he does with his um, uh, pharmacist, I think it is. All the systems are in place for him to be completely in control of managing his own disease. All his general practitioner does is make sure he gets his repeat insulin prescriptions. I don't think we should ignore what's happened in type 1 diabetes and say we can't do it in MS. I know a lot of critics say, well, MS, diabetes is simple. Okay, MS is too complicated. There are too many factors. I don't agree. I think we should be using the type 1 diabetes model and say if they can do it in type 1 diabetes, we can do it in MS. We just have to design our systems to allow people with multiple sclerosis to be educated and empowered uh, to do the things themselves. Maybe you disagree with me. Um, if you do, I'd like comments uh, or suggestions. But I think this is the fundamental change we have to make to the management of MS. We have to give much more responsibility to people uh, with the disease. And, and that's why I say the current system is broken. It's antiquated. It's relying on old technology. And it's time to shift. It's time to shift. I've said enough. Um, come back with comments if you have any. Um, I think this is one newsletter where um, I think the bulk of the information I'm discussing is actually in the podcast, not in the text. So, you know, if you want to forward this to your friends or colleagues, please do. And again, I'm just urging you to um, subscribe if you can afford to subscribe. The beta version of the um, uh, curated MS Selfie microsite or uh, website is almost ready for launch. We've got a few more important uh, pages to write. But we're hoping to get it off the ground by entrance, um, and then it'll be a, a, um, a living thing. It'll be added to almost on a weekly basis, and it will grow with time. And I'm hoping once we've got the most of the muscle and the skeleton uh, there, we will be able to launch a um, MS Selfie course for people with the disease. And so we'll, the idea then would be to actually give you a formal course where we actually teach you um, it'll be very interactive um, how to self-manage your disease and how to use uh, MS Selfie. Um, and I can't 
do this myself. I really have to um, hire you know, people with the bandwidth, the time and the skills uh, to do it. And that's what I'm using the subscriptions for, for a, a very skilled medical writer and a website um, uh, administrator who's putting together the website. Hope you enjoyed this. Take care.